Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to An Hour of Our Time. This week is St. Patrick's Day. We will discuss immigration, apocrypha, and t-shirts. I'm Joe. I'm Dave. And I'm Mark. Drink up. It's a tall boy. Check as a goat. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. But like Leanna walked out in period dress and I told her that everybody probably just thought she was a ghost. She's like, it was weird because nobody looked at me weird or said anything. And I was like, there's probably eight people in the hallway right now wondering if they all saw the same thing. Did you you see that? (laughs) Jesus. Nice. (laughs) Get it? Yeah. That's quality, quality audio. Gotta sneeze, man. Got, so, a real, got a real sneeze man over here. We got a tank boy and a sneeze man. Speaking of old-timey ghosts, today we're talking about St. Patrick and St. Patrick's Day. Somewhat more involved than you may think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's more than just... Maybe maybe not. Green beer and pounding whiskey like an asshole. <laughs> well, St. Patrick's Day is definitely more involved than you probably think. St. Patrick himself may be less involved than <laughs> reported. Should we do a Cinco de Mayo as well? Just like do all of these... That would be great. Bastardized holidays. Cinco de Mayo is is an important Mexican holiday that is now about drinking cerveza. I I don't know the stories behind any of these holidays. Cinco de Mayo represents a a battle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, Independence Day. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. (laughs) And then I, 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 I. Never surrender. (laughs) Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about St. Patrick. So I would like to start by stating that much of what we know about Patrick is from his own writings, which always tells the true story. Um, so <laughs> just, just look at the Mormon religion. Yeah, it's, it's That's going great. Yeah, it's a little bit tricky in that way. Um, And there's a lot that we don't really know about him, but there are some groups in the world that choose to fill in. I guess they choose to to apply facts to legitimize the story. So let's start with his birth year. Well, he was the uh, like a a Christian apostle to Ireland and supposedly introduced Christianity to Ireland. That he he was isn't necessarily true. He was a priest and later became a bishop, and he did go on a crusade, uh, spreading Christianity through Ireland. So he's like Johnny Appleseed, but with Bibles. Yeah, I always get him mixed up with the Pied Piper. <laughs> the Pied Piper is an allegory in which a pipe player leads rats out of London, mm. something like that. Yeah. I, I think it was you, in the Netherlands or Germany. I think or you get him confused because there's the legend about him leading all the snakes that's, out of Ireland. That's what the thing, yes. which is a fallacy too. He he sends the snakes out. The Pied Piper leads the rats away, and the rats are what like Catholics or something. The I don't some kind of offensive ter- terrible thing. We'll have to do the whole thing about the Pied Piper. Maybe so, we should talk about ireland before christianity first we can do that let's talk about that you want to save that no no no. that's a good idea because there are some events in patrick's life that are shaped by what ireland is like at this time 
So um, in, in pre-Christian Ireland, between 500 BC and about 500 AD, um, the Celtic people of Ireland had I oh, like those tattoos, those really cool tattoos. Yeah, they're real cool, right? Super cool. Yeah, yeah, um, they They had a, an Iron Age pagan polytheistic type religion. Um, they had a pantheon of multiple gods and goddesses with local and, and wider geographical appeal. Uh, apparently, the, the gods that the pagans in Gaul, present-day France, were similar in name and style and the things that they represented to the Celtic versions okay. that they had a little further away in Ireland. Um, Meaning that those ideas developed in present-day France and moved into Ireland? Most likely o- over a long period of time with some some smaller local kind of um, influences and changes. Uh, the Celts had a Druid class, which were specialized, was like a specialized ritual cast. Could you also be a paladin or a she didn't warrior? doesn't look Druish. Druish. The Druids are uh, pretty kind of mysterious. We don't really know a whole lot about them. Aren't they the ones that... It, people think built the stonehenge yeah the creeps were in a hoods yeah they uh most likely carried out religious rites religious meaning pagan rites religious pagan rites got it like burning sage to clear demons out of your new apartment yeah stopping at the place across the street from your house to get tarot cards for a video shoot get them back that kind of of stuff get a pink salt lamp so you can like i don't know clear your chakras or whatever the fuck you got to sit on it for that. Get some CBD oil while yeah. you're there. Get him a Recondo branded jade egg. <laughs> <laughs> that sparks some joy, I want to tell you. Very good. <laughs> it is believed that many of these uh, pagan gods and spirits were worshipped, um, had animist or qualities of nature to explain elements of the natural world. Um when I read about this, I kind of felt like that sounds similar to the Shinto religion of Japan, where they have individual spirits for the wind or trees or whatever uh, that have natural kind of qualities. Yeah. It's also similar to what's called mother goddess worship, which is a kind of a precursor to most modern religions. But the idea, it's, it's, it's similar to what we think of as religion of Native Americans, although that is much more detailed from tribe to tribe than is given much credence. Yeah. In, uh, in later area, eras, not areas, eras, uh, Celtic deities became kind of conflated with Roman gods and the, the kind of characteristics of Roman gods. As Romans as flooded w- through... Th- that portion of Europe, particularly in Britannia, mm-hmm. Britain, there was a Roman presence there around this time. We talked about that in our tattoos episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, we talked about that in tattoos. So the Roman gods, meaning the Greek gods with Roman names. Well, they're pretty much one and the same, except for yeah. name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the the Romans came in, kind of muddied things a little bit, and they prescribed um, local local deities with the qualities of of these other established gods from from their own region got it okay okay so um beginning in the 400s ad um rome became christian they were a pagan society and now because of it wasn't Constantine. People always it, say Constantine it, made wasn't Rome. Constantine. I was going to say Constantine. Constantine kind of popularized <clears throat> it, but I'm pretty sure he was not the one that made it Christian. I think it was. He uh, There was a, a Roman leader who saw a vision during a battle at Constantinople, I think. You mean Istanbul? Yeah. I added that his light the better that way. <laughs> And, and and after that was so um, consumed by this vision that the the Roman emperor was now Christian. Okay, I'm I'm fact checking. Making okay. it the holy we Roman Empire. Time, yeah. Making it the holy Roman Empire. Oh, okay, Constantine the Great began transition transition to the dominant religion of the Roman Empire. Uh, Constantine did make Christianity legal for the first time. You were allowed to openly worship. I think there was a leader before him that that 
sort of ushered some of that in, but it didn't really. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And there had been Christians, obviously, for a long time before that, but it was a, a more fringe belief. Um, one other thing that I learned that might be relevant later is that the the people who lived in Ireland, the pagans at the time, often would sail across the the Irish Sea to Britain and raid and pillage and take slaves. Which is going to come into play. Okay. Now we could move on to... Uh, to Patrick. To Patrick, my or, man Pat. Who was born, not Patrick, given birth name of who we now know as St. Patrick is... Patrick Doherty. Mawen Sukkot. Oh, that's close. Mawen Sukkot. Um, is it spelled like like Sawain? Like M A E W Y N. Oh, okay. Now this is according to legend. Again, almost everything we know about him is from his own writings, and he never clarifies this in his own writings. He also never clarifies his birth year or his death year. There are uh, assumptions and best guesses, but the Catholic Church will tell you he was definitively born in 387 A.D. and died March 17th, 461, which is why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day on March 17th. But <clears throat> most historians would say we, we don't know. We can't say for sure. We know that his the bulk of his life was in the early half of the, the 5th century. 17th? March 17th. Yeah. Oh. I that, thought it was that's the sixteenth. St. Patrick's Day. Oh. What am I talking about? Is it always the same date? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Forget yeah. everything I just said. Good thing we did this research. Yeah. So <laughs> Ma, Ma Wen Sukkot, as we will we'll call him that given the, the legend. Not he was I, probably not Irish either. He, was he that's one thing we do know about him. Most likely he was not Irish. He was supposedly born in Roman Britain. Um, his father was a deacon, and his grandfather was a priest, although uh, Mawin was not religious. He, he basically grew up with pagan beliefs. Not totally sure how that would happen with your family being that way, but according to him in his writings, he grew up with pagan beliefs. And I think that that okay. might be, well, if you want to explain that I had this vision and I, I found God, well, you got to start in the other direction. So it sounds like a narrative. I was thinking maybe says. his mother was a witch. Maybe. She was burned alive. <laughs> What's the next line? Am I evil? So, St. Patrick. <laughs> at age 16, uh, he was taken by Irish pirates, brought to Ireland, and held as a slave for six years. Um, he was uh, the slave of a Druid chief and worked as a shepherd. And at this time, he says that he found God. Um, and after six years, what's that? <laughs> what's that? Finding God. Like, oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Oh, hey. He's on the, out here with my sheep. This is on the poop deck. Yeah. Um, uh. so after six years, he claims that he had a dream that there was a ship awaiting to take him home. And so the next day he escaped to the docks, which in his writings kind of makes it sound like that was not too difficult. Escaped to the docks. Um, and sailed to England over the course of three days. But when he got there, he had to wander 28 days through the wilderness. Again, this is his own account. 28 days through the wilderness, nearly starved, prayed for sustenance. And at that time, he and his party found a herd of wild boar, which gave them the food they needed to make it all the way back. Jeez, don't make it easy. Yeah, so I don't want to say that this is all crap, but I'm just saying, he told this story, and it certainly fits the narrative that we know today. So, so he meant like a like, like a literal ship. Yeah, he had a dream that at the dock there was a ship ready to take him, and he went and basically pleaded with the captain to let him get on the ship, and the guy was like, "All right." Which just sounds like you just could have done that. I feel like odds are there's a ship going there. Yeah, there's a ship going to England. You didn't have to have a dream. But the first thought I had was, what were those people in the 90s that, was it Lord Xenu or something? They, they're going to get on the boat and ride behind Halley's Comet or something. Oh, shit? you're talking about... Um, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a great podcast about Heaven's Gate. Um, one of the best I've listened to. It's like a nine-part series. 
I learned so many interesting things about that. So, I guess this is all to say, again, the narrative. He's held captive. He finds God. He has this vision. Here's this voice in his dream to, to go to the ship. And this is not the first time he's going to claim this. Is Xenu from Dude, Where's My Car? Xenu it's is... It's from Scientology. Yeah, Xenu Scientology. Jesus, I'm all over the place. <laughs> Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Same thing. Um... <laughs> Yeah, basically. I should also mention that the the writing that we know uh, that most of this comes from is called uh, the Confessio or the Confession or the Declaration, which is, again, what he wrote. Um, he returns to England, and he continues to study Christianity. And eventually he enters a monastery, where I believe he was for 12 years, becomes a priest, and eventually becomes a bishop. And then again, oh, and now this time he also takes the name Patrick, which is Latin for father figure. Once he becomes a priest. Oh. He hmm. kind of sees himself a certain way. Um, after, after uh, you know, his years in the monastery, he one day has a dream that Vic- Victoricus, this is the, the person speaking to him in the dream, gives him a letter called The Voice of the Irish. And this letter basically calls him to come back to Ireland to spread Christianity. Yeah. It taught him how to do an accurate Irish accent. Exactly. It's all. It's like in the front of the mouth. Yeah, it told him. It told him how to pinch people if they don't wear green, and he does exactly that. He comes to Ireland, starts to spread Christianity, gets arrested and accosted many times, is in constant fear of martyrdom. It is not an easy thing to try to do, um, but I think from part of that is where some of these legends come from. There are the legends like he drove all the snakes out of Ireland, but that's pretty now widely agreed that 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 is an an analogy the snakes are the pagans he drove paganism out of ireland um there's things about uh him raising the dead i thought this was interesting because these legends you know if you become a legend it's usually not your fault people said later on that he raised the dead yeah he actually himself put the number at 33 in his writings that he raised 33 people from death some of which had been dead for several years hmm Gross. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a legend that he popularized the shamrock by making it an analogy for the Holy Trinity, which, as you and I were talking about, Joe, now people just confuse the shamrock for the four-leaf clover, and yeah. we're all over the place. Got some stuff about that later yeah. on. I also read that there was a legend that he um, that his walking staff became a tree, that he like stabbed it into the ground when he got to some village, and it took him so long to convince people about Christianity that it took root, which I guess is just a legend about how like unbelievable some things are or how long it takes him to say things i don't know it's not a great legend this is to say nothing of the shamrock shake yeah who came up with the shamrock which is minty for some reason because it's green it's just a mess of ideas that just got like do not want boardroom to death i don't like mint are they out yet oh it's coming Hmm. won't be long (laughs) won't be long McRip season. I, I'll say for, uh, you know, listeners may have figured out that we, we record episodes a couple weeks in advance. So when this gets, when you're listening right now, St. Patrick's Day is probably happening right around you. So the Shamrock Shake may well be available. You're going to want to go yeah, check don't, it out. Don't be alarmed. <clears throat> nope. yeah, it, it is out there. I'm going to yell at us if we say it's not available. It's not available right now. <laughs> Do you remember as a kid, uh, St. Patrick's Day at school, and they would always shots? give you that, um, not shots. <laughs> Shots all around. little little cups <laughs> of like pistachio pudding. I remember all kinds of green things. I never had a pistachio pudding. They would serve us pistachio pudding, and somebody would put like little green footprints all over everything, and they're like, "Oh, the leprechaun came." Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about how the fuck the leprechaun. Oh, I got thing some shit. Um, that's that's <laughs> largely what I have about St. Patrick. I didn't want to get too bogged down in the story. The other thing I wanted to mention is that his story, in, I know, Mark, you had some things to say about this too, yeah. gets conflated with another bishop that was actually sent by the Pope at the time to spread Christianity in Ireland. And they yeah. existed really around the same time. So their two stories get, get kind of mixed up. Well, um, St. Patrick is falsely heralded as the, the person that introduced Christianity to Ireland. But we know now that there were probably Christians in Ireland before St. Patrick got there. And in um, 431 AD, uh, Pope Celestine I uh, sent this bishop named Palladius to Ireland and 
he was probably sent to already Christianized colonies. From some of the things that I read, historians believe that it probably wouldn't make very much sense for the Pope to send somebody to a, an untamed religious wilderness or whatever as a missionary without having some sort of framework there already. Right. It'd be, it would be dangerous. Uh, yeah. Among, you know, many other issues with Like that. a few months ago, that missionary that got killed by the what? the people who had been untouched by civilization. That, Sentinelese. That guy. Uh, like, just don't do it. Whoops. Do you know that, that when he first got there, he like held up a Bible and some kid in the tribe shot an arrow right through it? And he was like, oh, well, I'll just leave and come back. So if you didn't take that as a sign and went back, I, you, you, you know... I think he kind of asked for it. I've heard about the Sentinelese people before, and they are very isolationist, and for like the last 200 years have killed anybody that tries to go there. Do you know why? They've got no immune system. They learned eventually after disease wiped out some of their tribe that they cannot be around outsiders. So it's not just like, we don't want you on our island. You'll kill us. You're not meaning to, so they will just, you're not coming anywhere close. That's what it is. There you go. They figured that out over time, and they know that they can't they can't handle it. What about like an Amazon drone? <laughs> Shoot an arrow right through it. Uh, fair enough. I heard that the fishermen <clears throat> that took them to that island are being charged with like second degree murder because that makes sense. they knew that they knew what was going to happen to him, and his body's still laying there. The government around that area said, "Oh, we're not going. It'll happen to us." He made his choice. So the last I had heard, the body's just laying there. So unless that tribe does something with it, it's mm. just going to rot in that beach. Based on your previous shopping history, we thought you might like some plastic bags. <laughs> have 30 arrows in your chest. <laughs> so, David, you mentioned um, that a lot of what we know about St. Patrick is based on his writings. Yes. Apparently there are only two. Yeah, there are only two. His confession and then another thing more specifically about Christianity and speaking to the Irish. Right. I also read, though, that the the church afterwards probably edited those writings, at least to some extent, to kind of make their message look better and more mm-hmm. easily digestible. Exactly right. That seems to I be the I think that's case. a pretty common thing throughout Christian figures. I mean, at the very least, it's pretty commonly accepted about St. Patrick. I had a, a thought earlier. Um, I watched a, a video and was trying to understand a little bit more of the history of Christianity in Ireland and in England. And uh, <clears throat> considering that barbarians were sacking Rome during this time and that the Irish were raiding England and taking slaves and all this stuff. Do you think that Christianity was maybe used as an appeasing kind of force? I had the thought that if everyone were on the same level and believed in the same kind of religion, maybe those things would go away as an issue for the Romans. I think it's more like the Borg, right? We just, we're going to keep spreading and if we're going to keep spreading, we need people to believe what we believe. Otherwise, we won't be able to control them. Okay. I think maybe that's kind of one and the same. Mm. I don't know. One of them is I more nefarious really than before. the other. Your 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 theory is kind of this like one love thing, right? It's You know what I mean? No, I, I mean it in like an ulterior motive. Like a pacification. Kind of yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I mean the same kind of thing with like the Inquisition and the and the Crusades and Alexander the Great and Roman conquering in general. It's probably a lot easier for the Romans to kill people when they are taking over an area and they get resistance when they don't believe what you believe. So once you can start dividing people into two groups, us and everybody else, it's a lot easier to do what you're doing. I see what you mean. I mean, I don't want to... There are lots of groups that have done that. It's like the but I, I think that that's what it takes to control that big of a portion of the world. It's like the Irish people in Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> you got the technological ones, and then you got the down-homey, like, you're Star Trek or fate, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and they all come on to Riker. 
Obviously. Don't you like girls? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) For the listener, he just made his eyebrows go up and down real fast. Also, for the listener, we have again talked about Star Trek. And we've talked about that episode before. Yep. (laughs) Made his eyebrows go up and made a boing noise. I watched Parallels last night. Oh, I love that one. I watched Insurrection yesterday. I got a. I watched Insurrection the other day. Had a snow day. That's a good movie. Do you know Parallels? Parallels is that where uh, um, what's her name comes back? No, it's the no. That's um, it's like a seven season episode where Worf comes back from uh, like a Batleth tournament and keeps noticing like oh, little that was a cool episode. Yeah, yeah. parallel in universes. The what's the one where um, Tasha comes back? Tasha or, Yar, yeah, or Shooter, Shooter McGavin's there. Oh, um, yeah, they got like the green uniform. Yesterday's Enterprise. Yesterday's yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, that's a cool episode. I like that, that one too. Where, like, that was two parter. There's the one that shows up. That's one parter. Riker really? and okay. Worf are there, and they're going like, no, 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 no. That is two parts. That's not. I thought that was two part. Is that the one where come at me, bro? <laughs> Riker is a captain on a sh- no. That's when there's a whole bunch of fucking Enterprises. That's yeah. Just, is that one, not the same episode? That's parallels. I think we're talking about. Oh, Parallels is the one where there's all the different Enterprises. And there's a one doc- where there's Worf and Riker, and they're like, don't send us back! Don't Riker, send us back! Riker is a captain because Captain Picard had ended up dying Yeah, in a... They're in a war the with the Romulans. The and they end up, yeah. like, they're going to screw up the whole thing, so they end up shooting him out of the sky. Just like St. Patrick. Just like St. Patrick. Just like St. Patrick. We did it. Full circle. Because, like, on Star Trek, if everybody embraces this system where there is no... Uh, currency and everybody can just do whatever their heart desires because of replicators everybody would be pacified just like uh christianity <clears throat> which again I'll, i've said it before when you go to 10 forward and say drinks on me nothing costs anything right you're just you're just saying the thing you're just ordering for me yeah which is frankly rude you're just declaring bankruptcy <laughs> So let's talk about um, St. Patrick's Day as a holiday. Let me talk a little bit about why in the mid-1800s we got a bunch of Irish people in America. Yay! Can, before you do that, can we just also say that what happened after his death eventually was that it became a, a Catholic feast day, so a, a religious holiday to be celebrated on March 17th. Yes. Yeah, so indigenously... <clears throat> oh, go ahead, Mark. I read that in Ireland, St. Patrick's Day was a dry holiday until 1970, when a law requiring pubs to be closed was overturned. Interesting. Okay. Well, it just speaks to the... Maybe, my my maybe stereotypes more, more are being challenged. ...pious nature of a religious holiday. Well, yeah, he said in Ireland, right? All the, the, the What we think of it now is an American way of looking mm-hmm. at it, but... So indigenously, it was a very religious holiday, as you mentioned. It was a day to go to mass and talk about your Catholic upbringings. Ultimately, it came to America. There were Irish people in America pre-1845. However, a big, terrible event happened in Ireland in 1845, which would be... The Potato Famine. The Great Potato Famine. That's exactly right. And over the course of five years, one million people died. As and, a result of this. And that was their most pr- prominent crop. Um, and there was a fungus called, and they only recently discovered exactly what it was because they found some leaves from a 19th century era potato that was somewhere and they tested it. And it was, uh, they thought it was one strain of this, but it was a, a different strain. It's called uh, Phytophthora infestans. The strain is Herb 1. They thought it was a different strain. They found that it was this specific strain. And so that fungus wiped out all these potatoes because it would get in there and turn them all splotchy and brown. And if you, they were like digging them out of the ground trying to get rid of them. And they were all gross and soggy. Basically just wiped out a bunch of the crops. So there wasn't enough food. A million people died. It might have affected other crops. I only saw it affecting potatoes. Hmm. So it does okay. seem like overly simplified, but then like if you think about it, like maybe potatoes were like super important. Well, in the mid nineteenth century, you, you just didn't have the luxury of going to get something else. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a million million people died over the five year period, but also six hundred and four thousand people emigrated from Ireland and came to America. Um, 
and they arrived at the port of New York. And we got a whole bunch of new Irish immigrants. As you can imagine, given the illustrious history of American immigration, they were welcomed with open arms. Mm-hmm. With signs on businesses that said, Irish need not apply. Yeah. Go live in that part of town, please, and get the hell out of my face. And that we part don't of town like is not going to be good. We're talking about tenement houses here. Yeah. We don't like Irish. We don't like Catholics. Get the fuck out. This is why Kennedy was such a big deal. Right. He was the first Irish, or the first Catholic pre- president. Right. Um, as a brief aside in the speaking about educational history and talking about Irish immigration, obviously schools in America were founded on Protestant belief back when back when they were started in the new the new republic um there were the like the new england primer is based around bible verses children would use the bible as their text to learn how to read but it was all protestant beliefs um so when you get catholics in there people are like jesus yeah we separated from you for a reason get the fuck out and all these Protestant schools, the Irish came in, they're like, oh, you have Protestant schools that are funded by the government. We should have Catholic schools that are funded by the government. And there were already a couple of parochial schools, like just Catholic schools. And uh, their argument was like, well, if we give you a school, we got to give the Buddhists a school. And we got to give the Hindu a school. And we got to give the alligators a school. And we gotta, uh, uh. A man will marry his dog. Yeah. Argument. There's like a famous comic where it's just like all these different <clears throat> religions and one of them is an alligator. Of course. It's just like that escalated right, a little too much. But that's why you have Catholic schools, because people didn't like the Irish. And they were like, you know what? Fuck you. We'll start our own schools, and we'll make the kids pay to go there. Parochial schools. And mm-hmm. then you have the, you know, the 19th Clause of the First Amendment, and that's a discussion for another time. Well, that clause prohibits... Establishment of a religion. In a public school. Correct. Even though in the 50s they added under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. It was like, again. Another thing. Yeah. So, when they were in America, they wanted to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in a way that would remind them of where they came from. They're in a bad way. People don't like them. Mm -hmm. Unfairly. Um, And obviously that doesn't happen anymore. Nowadays, immigration and people that are fleeing from a you know, havoc in their home country. Now that now everything's great. So they wanted to have a, a holiday where they could be, oh, let's remember our, our homeland, even though we left it. So St. Patrick's Day, they would start to, they were eating like uh, corned beef. But back home, they would be eating higher quality meat. But corned beef was a cheap alternative that they could afford. So I was like, well, it's something. At least we have something. Um. What I was finding is we when we did the Thanksgiving episode and there was there was several articles where the modern version of Thanksgiving is extremely different from the original. There was a lot of venison and 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 stuff like that where now it's like turkey and pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And we have a bastardized version of the actual history. It's it, this is a lot very similar to that. Um traditionally it would celebrate the Christianization of Ireland as we already talked about. But then uh it, people just celebrating the being Irish. Um and apparently, I, I can't corroborate this, but this article said that other people, other ethnic groups that came to America started celebrating it as well because it became like this immigrant holiday as opposed to an Irish holiday. Like, we all have it bad here. It's better than where we came from, but this is not the land of milk and honey that perhaps we were promised on the boat. Sure. As far as I understand... Uh, Immigration from different places came kind of in waves and the Irish came around the time of the Civil War and then the Italians came after that but had a pretty similar kind of experience. Yes. Oh, yeah. I I see what you mean. And by then the Irish were more established and I think they were able to say like, look, we know what it's like. Some of us are going to help you out. You know, similar to how you might have uh, a Muslim or a Somalian population in Columbus. That then when people come from Syria or something, maybe they'll go like, oh, well, yeah, we, we know what it's like. Right. Well, you mentioned the shamrock versus the clover. The shamrock is, you know, meant to represent the Trinity, the Holy Trinity of uh, Catholicism. 
But then the four-leaf clover became a thing, and people were like, oh, yeah, it's lucky. And they're the same plant. They're a different plant. Mm-hmm. They're called different things. Right. Um, so that's another issue. We mentioned the snakes. They were the druids. It's just like taking an entire group of people and just saying, like, oh, get the fuck out. You're a bunch of monsters. Right. So yeah, it's not it's great. Like an allegory for the sake of a story. Absolutely. Make yeah. It right. Easy to understand. Irish songs that you think of, like when Irish eyes are smiling and stuff like that. Um, if you go to Ireland, they don't sing. They don't necessarily sing that around St. Patrick's Day. That is uh, associated with the diaspora of Ireland. So the people that came here and wanted to remember their homeland, they would sing these songs that became kind of romanticized, kind of maudlin songs for like, oh, I remember back home. But right. in Ireland, people aren't just like walking out. She's like, hey, when, hey, hey, they're not. It's not like fucking a cartoon walking around. Like what people hear, like we mentioned Cinco de Mayo, like which is just like frat guys engaging in casual racism, wearing a sombrero full of salsa. And yeah. here it's like, I'm going to wear like pointy green shoes and some some tights and uh, over drink. And then, I don't know. St. Patrick's Day. You know, treat women poorly. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's all, all these holidays end up being yeah kind of racist it's just assholes at at like udf at 2 a.m on a sunday <laughs> always wearing green tights just wearing green tights and one of them is like uh, i don't think i said anything wrong <laughs> <laughs> how would they sing when irish eyes are smiling uh get, get fuck off me <laughs> <laughs> And then followed by some sort of nut tap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody's somebody. But they're they're twenty seven. Somebody loses their shoes. Yep, always losing your shoes. <laughs> A bunch of bird and lime scooters <laughs> just piled up in front of the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Like when you watch like Stand by Me, and everybody like stops on their bikes, and they all just like in a big pile. But now it's fucking lime scooters and men in their thirties. Right. Um. Interestingly. Uh, the Irish American tr- traditions have started to make their way over to I- Ireland because now I- I- Irish American identity is separate from Irish identity. And those people, if they end up back there, they're like, well, this is my tradition. And now it's starting to pick up over there, which is like a weird, it's kind of like when we talked about how opium was in Mesopotamia and then it moved out and then Alexander the Great brought it back to the region later. Right. So what's an um, what's an American an Irish American tradition that is now permeating Ireland? I think the songs, the corned beef, um, the the non religious nature of the holiday, hmm. just the stereotypical like we're gonna drink until we black out and get in a fight and just be like parades maybe parades I'm sure the fucking four leaf clover stuff wearing a dumb hat. The tradition of wearing a dumb hat. Those yeah. beaded necklaces that have a little shot glass attached. Yeah. Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. T-shirts you buy in Clearwater, Florida. They're <clears> just like, <throat> I don't know. What would be on a shirt like that? Clearwater, Florida. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those shirts always just say where they were from. No, you know what I mean. I know. You ever been to like the boardwalk in Clearwater, Florida? Oh yeah. It is I a no man's in Clearwater, Florida. Be like, I'm yeah. not Irish, but my balls are, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <clears throat> Figure it out. What do you got? <laughs> I saw one once when I was a kid, and it, it was it said the perfect woman, and it was a pair of boobs with legs. And lips on top. How would she survive? <laughs> How does she eat? <laughs> that is that is my uh, persistent memory and impression of Clearwater Beach. I typed in St. Patrick's Day shirt, and the first one that came up is a big um, four-leaf clover, and it says, eat a dick. <laughs> it's also green. <laughs> this one says... Good girls are made of sugar and spices. Wait, it's sugar and spice. And it yeah. killed the rhyme. It says good girls are made of sugar and spices. Irish girls are made of Jameson on ice. But if you'd have just written it, 
sugar and spice like you weren't an asshole. They were drunk when they made that. No, they're too stupid to know what words are. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So that's what I had about the kind of the modern version of the holiday. That's what we know what it is actually supposed to be. That's not funny. That's just stupid. Is this an American flag where one of the stripes is a bunch of shamrocks? Nope. Nope. Got some uh, some fast facts here. Oh, I love Mark's fast I love facts. We need, fast we need a theme song for this. I'll put some in. It's gonna be fueled These are by about Metallica. Modern. Um, Wait, St. can you do that? What was that sound you made? Fast facts here. Love fast facts. Fast facts here. Love Mark's fast facts. Great. Cool. I can work with that. <laughs> so, St. <clears throat> Patrick's Day is the fourth biggest drinking holiday. I was surprised. The fourth? thought it would be number one or number two. I bet Christmas and Thanksgiving are, are higher than it just because of stress of family it's holidays. It's behind New Year's Eve, Christmas, and Fourth of July. This shirt says, oh. please tell your boobs to stop staring at my eyes. <laughs> It's green and in a terrible font. Real classy, Chad. Ew, it's chiller font. It's, it's chiller font. This is creepy. <laughs> That's what a kid would wear when he's dancing under an overpass. <laughs> one, one more, if you if you don't mind. The, it's a men, man's and woman's pair shirt. They go together, right? Oh, boy. The men's shirt on the back upside down says, if you can read this, take me to my wife. It's upside down. And then the woman's shirt just says, I am the wife. But it's right side up. And she wears that by herself. I am the wife. <laughs> Presumably, it doesn't say anything on the front. If you can read this, the 150 years of religious persecution fell off. Like this one is like the same thing. If I'm too, if I am too drunk, take me to my girlfriend. It's got two beers. And then the other one says, I am the girlfriend with two glasses of wine. Oh, because women like wine. There is a certain kind of person that buys these shirts, and we are not it. <laughs> I think I know who that is, and I think Baggy I could name them. not included. Oh, I'm sorry. So, um, fast facts. <laughs> fast facts. Uh, apparently, the first St. Patrick's Day parade in the United States took place in 1762. Huh. Sorry, a little earlier than I would have expected. 149 million people in the U.S. plan to celebrate celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Celebrate. <laughs> um, 83% of those will be wearing green. So you're telling me there's... How do, so, so this is like a weather 17% forecast? of them will be celebrating St. Patrick's Day and not wearing green. 17% did not think ahead. How do you know that they're celebrating St. Patrick's Day then? This was from some could just poll be getting drunk. last year. It was part of a CNN article. Who knows? Oh, CNN I want to know how they, got this, write about. how they got this data. These are just fast facts, Joe. You don't have to think about it. They're too, they're too fast for you. <laughs> they, got a, they put out a, a special census for whether you're wearing green and are you <laughs> celebrating St. Patrick's Day. 27% of Americans plan to go to a bar or restaurant to celebrate. The rest are alcoholics. Uh, $5.9 billion is the expected St. Patrick's Day spending from 2018. And so this is all money spent on novelty t-shirts and beer. Most likely. That's a lot. <laughs> or wine for your girlfriend. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Green wine. Did I tell you I was in Chicago once for St. Patrick's Day? I am the wife. I didn't know it was St. Patrick's Day. I got up and I looked out the window of the hotel and I was right on the river downtown and the whole river was green. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I realized I was with our friend Sean and he said, it's St. Patrick's Day, I think. And I went, oh. But then I was concerned about how they dyed the whole river green. They just dump like, I read something like 40 pounds of dye into it. That can't be good. It's less than you think. But apparently, it's more than it should be. Um, it takes about five hours until it stops being green. That's way less time than I thought it would take. I mean, it's a river that goes through the middle of Chicago. It's not like it's rushing very quickly. It remains green forever somewhere else downriver. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sm- 
Yes. So they can trace the currents like those like those uh, ducks that fell into the water. Exactly, yeah. 32.3 million people in the US claim Irish ancestry as of 2016. Are either of you Irish? No, I'm not. I think some remote relative, but my dad would certainly like he would he would love it if we were. Okay. Are you Irish, Mark? No. Mm. Maybe slightly by way of somewhere else. That's not Irish. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's being something else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's that? What's that? That line in Seinfeld where somebody like asked Elaine if she's Irish. She's like, "Nope," but my father's half drunk, and then it gets a big laugh, and I still don't get it. It's just not a good joke. They're not all great. They're not all great. Ireland ranks number six in uh, total per capita beer consumption, with ninety-eight. Point two liters per person per year. I have no basis on. I don't know. Yeah, any of that. If, I don't know if that's a lot. Well, as comparison, the U.S. ranks twenty-one in beer co- consumption per capita with seventy-four point eight liters per person. Bullshit! So like, like twenty more liters on us. Yeah, you're drinking, right. guys. Ireland has to work, a lot smaller population, so this. If, if this is an average, then it is irrelevant. It doesn't make sense. So there's like one dude over there who's just like throwing the off the curve. <laughs> yeah, we got Jeremy over here, and he's just like getting tanked all the time. He just leverages that like, oh, I think I'm going to move north. <laughs> Which according, I think would be the water. <laughs> according to the, uh, <laughs> the ocean. The U.S. Department of Commerce, there are 41,582 bars in the United States. How, say that number again. 41,582. I feel like there's that many breweries in downtown Columbus. I'm pretty sure there are. Oh! <laughs> By the way, actual brewery filed for bankruptcy. They sure did. Pints of Guinness drunk worldwide on St. Patrick's Day, 13 million. I can go for a Guinness right about now. Guinness is pretty good. I went to Dublin one time, and the two largest buildings in Dublin were the Guinness factory and the Heineken factory. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right. So, like, the lightest option and the darkest option. Yeah. Of Americans who plan to drink on St. Patrick's Day, 54% will choose beer, 19% will choose hard liquor, and 9% will choose a combination of both. Throw up. So I said earlier there are 32.3 million people who claim Irish ancestry uh, in the U.S. The population of Ireland right now is only 4.6 million. So that's much smaller than I thought. Yep. What's the population of the state of Ohio? I don't know. 11 million, I believe. So you're telling me that the population of New York City more than doubles the population of all of Ireland? Very good. Here's some drunk driving stats. Yeah, yeah. Woo! Let's end on a high note. We still have uh, leprechauns to talk about. Yeah, you should save that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, definitely gold at the end of that rainbow. Three quarters <laughs> of <laughs> fatal drunk driving crashes on St. Patrick's Day involve a driver who is two times over the local the legal drinking limit. And is that higher than, was that more over the limit than the average driver in a drunk driving collision? I, I don't know. These ones are just taking place on St. Patrick's These Day, are just though. fast facts, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Between um, over the limit, under the sheets. Over the pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Uh, heard you got some leprechaun facts I got some, over there too. some fast facts about leprechauns too they're real fast can't even see them so um <laughs> what is, is more irish than christians and casual drinking leprechauns <laughs> there's uh, an interesting history here um many believe there there are several different gaelic words i suppose that they think derive the word leprechaun. Okay. Um, and as a caveat, the Gaelic language is not pronounced anywhere remotely about how it's spelled. Didn't we discover this when we were talking about something else? Samhain and Samhain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And different 
Sap, pagan yeah. holidays. So there's an, an old Irish word, uh, meaning small body. Um, there's another word, uh, that's uh, from the eighth century, uh, which is defined as a sprite or a pygmy. And there's another word, Lathbrogan, means shoemaker. Um, and there are many stories about leprechauns that involve them being a cobbler or working on shoes, making shoes for other um, spirit fairy type beings. Others point to the Euro-Celtic god Luck, L-U-G-H, um, which was a Gaul, Gallic and Gaelic god from the same time period, was the sun god patron of arts and crafts and leader of... What? He'd draw the short straw. Oh, I'm the uh, patron saint of papier-mâché. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Macaroni pictures. <laughs> I demand popcorn necklaces. He was a, a leader of... Oh, great, good. Well, you bring us more pipe cleaners and diamonds glue. <laughs> so this god was a, kind of the leader of another group of gods or whatever. Medieval Irish history uh, associates leprechauns um, with beings that lived underwater and were warrior people. Well, that's different. Oh, it's like little, Aquaman? A little different. Yeah, just like, like Aquaman. Aquaman. Uh, apparently... Arthur uh, Curry. Modern interpretations of leprechauns, they are only men, but in the past, they were female leprechauns as well that were kind of like sirens and would lure men Yeah, man. Sisters doing it for themselves. This is how there's like a female Yoda. Yaddle. 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 It's just like that. Urgh. Um, I love that the puppet's all like weird and cross-eyed. It's just like... <laughs> it's like they made like a decent puppet and we're like, <laughs> okay. We don't it's like to... they made a shitty Yoda. They're like, you know what? Just give it longer hair. Just put, just put a, yeah, put a bow on it. It's got a nice little like pompadour. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like quaff. Early leprechauns were depicted as old men in red suits and had a solitary kind of lifestyle. They didn't associate with other people, didn't want to. Um, there is another type of mythological figure um, that is a cousin to the leprechaun called the Clobert Akon or Curlicon, um, which in Irish stories is depicted as always drunk and rude. So it's like you're, you know, everybody's got like a shitty cousin. It's your old wife. I am the wife. Um, what, what is that thing called? Huh? What's the name of that creature? The Curlicon or Clober Echain. I, I am the Curlicon. Maybe the t-shirt. <laughs> what is your pleasure? By uh, 1825... Curlicon! <laughs> uh, by 1825, historically, the leprechaun population was limited to only males. As far as... Um, Hey, oh, yeah. Goes. Um, by the 1800s, the Alpha um, Curlicons are back in charge. <laughs> Yo, Clover Boy. <laughs> by the the 1800s, the perception of leprechauns were. Uh, widely depicted as wealthy, clever, um, and had a strong interest in protecting their gold from greedy humans who sought to steal it. Um, leprechauns are supposed to offer bribes to humans if caught in order to regain their freedom. So there are several variations of this leprechaun myth, um, and they usually involve a human capturing a leprechaun, demanding to know where their gold is, and um, then something different happens. And a lot of these have kind of like a moral element to it. Uh, there's one story where uh, a boy finds a leprechaun. They go somewhere. The leprechaun says, my treasure is under this tree. And they tie a ribbon around it or something. And the boy makes the leprechaun promise, don't untie this ribbon because I'm going to come back here or whatever and, and find your gold. He promises, yeah, okay, I won't untie it. But they come back the next day, 
all the trees around there have ribbons on them. He doesn't know which one has the gold on it. Where uh, the gold at? <laughs> then he had to settle for a bowl of puffed rice cereal and marshmallows. <laughs> yep. One of my fast facts says that there are eight types of marshmallows and Lucky Charms. And then they have one now that is... Uh, I think uh, some of them are seasonal. There's a Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes crossover. Hmm. And it's delicious. It's You'd think it would be just like... This is weird. It's fantastic. I think that would be pretty good. Very good. But I only get it every four weeks because I, I try to balance out the other three with Cheerios because I don't... Nerd. I yeah. lose my feet. There's a <laughs> lot of sugar. There was a, a Halloween branded Cap'n Crunch that I that I almost bought, but then I got distracted by some salsa. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. And I got home and I was like, "Where's that Captain? Ah, oh, son of a bitch!" So, so wait, what's the moral of the ribbon story? Is it just don't be a dick? Like well, leprechauns I'll, are are like smarter than you? They're gonna try to outsmart you. There's another story he where he didn't a, lie. Where a girl captures a leprechaun and the leprechaun says, "Oh, there's a bunch of bees over here," and she turns around and then the leprechaun disappears. That's that's not that's not as good. That's that's just the hey, what's that? I don't and, like that. like run away. Um, there's another story about uh, a leprechaun that gets captured and he has two little leather pouches and one of them has a silver coin in it and one of them has a gold coin, and tells the person you could have one of these if you let me go. The person naturally chooses the gold coin, but when the leprechaun leaves, the gold turns into dust or ashes or something. It's not guilt. It's not full of chocolate. Huh. Um, there's a, another story or series of stories that have a similar vein of the leprechaun offering the person three wishes when, when they're caught in order to go free. Uh, but the captor goes insane or is tricked when or their wish doesn't turn out the way that they want. They turn into like a big weird blue nineties rapper. Are you talking about Aladdin? Yeah. Oh, okay. That dis- was disturbing to me. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, nobody likes it. Didn't the studio is scrambling now? Cause they're, yes. What are they going to do? What can you do? I don't give them legs or something. <laughs> is it, is that what people don't He's like? He's going to walk around with legs with a bunch of little ping pong balls all over him. Yeah. I don't think that what they don't like is that he doesn't have legs. But they won't understand what the problem is. Right. We can make him green. (laughs) Anyway, all of these uh, leprechaun-related stories have kind of a similar moral in that getting rich quick doesn't usually work out in the long run. Um, You shouldn't steal and don't fuck with leprechauns or like natural spirits fairy type thing. So what am I supposed to do with all these books I bought from that guy with all the dollar signs on his on his suit? What's that guy's name? Um, Matthew Lesko? Yeah. I like wow. this guy. Damn. <laughs> Most of these morals are about not fucking with leprechauns. So let's just say that broadly they're not applicable. Well, <laughs> some places take that kind of thing very seriously like in Iceland, the Hildefolk. Was it? The Hildefolk? They talk about it on last podcast, but it's a real thing where the people there believe in like a fairy realm yeah they do it's a real good and good looking hill there was recently a road (laughs) that construction had to be diverted because they kept having these accidents that they interpreted as like fairy intervention yeah it's got a very gentle slope somebody been peeing for like a half an hour (laughs) no i think it's it's just that toilet making a weird noise (laughs) that was me sorry (laughs) <laughs> pa- Papa's on pretty good Just relaxes me I don't know Those are all the fast facts I have They were fast yeah. Well I Hopefully that tells you A little bit about St. Patrick's Day I, I, You know Yeah some stuff Maybe you didn't know I suppose you didn't really Get too much into <clears throat> It actually being declared A holiday But um, I think what is important Is the The traditions Adjusting after the The increase Of Irish Americans in the mid 19th century and how that sort of spilled into how we think of the holiday now. Right. Can't let Americans get their hands on anything. Screw it up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um okay. Well, y'all, y'all got any uh St. Patty's Day plans? 
honestly would have forgotten that it was even happening had we not chose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> try that again. <laughs> honestly, I would have forgotten that it was happening had I not, we not chosen to, to do this episode. So, no. Yeah, I have an all-day rehearsal. I never... I never ever wear green on St. Patrick's Day, usually because I forget that it's happening, and I always. Also, you don't care. I hear about it. Yeah, I don't care, but like I usually am not doing it on purpose. I also don't wear anything green because I don't own a lot of green clothes. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good color for me. It's not a good color. Like most people, don't wear a bunch of green. Yeah, I'm playing for a musical called Pippin, which is about the son of King Charlemagne. Oh, nice. It's written by Stephen Schwartz, who wrote. Um, tangentially related yeah sure somewhat somewhat Stephen Schwartz is wicked mm. speaking of green oh super green super green super green cool moment Woo-hoo! if you are uh, one to celebrate do so responsibly <laughs> don't become a fast fact yeah, try to keep in mind that <laughs> you're stereotyping an entire group of people with a lot of the actions that you will uh, project in front of other people and uh, the things you will wear and say. So um, just keep that in mind. Agreed. So uh, what's the next uh, ho- problematic holiday coming up? Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Nothing in April. When's Easter? Well, Easter. Easter. Easter is um, this year, I believe it's at the very end of March. Maybe we could uh, do an episode where we discuss Easter and Passover. We can do that. But yeah, problematic in terms of in terms of its what it celebrates. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo is definitely a big one. Yeah. Listen to Creeping Death yesterday. What is uh, that? Metallica, Creeping Death. It's, uh, it's, it's a, about Passover. It's about Passover. Oh, okay. It's about the it's clever. It's not lame. To kill the firstborn pharaoh soon. You know that song? No. It's uh, I I would argue one of the best uh, one of the best metal songs. You should go back it's, and listen it, to some old Metallica. It's records. really it's a really well written song, and it's. Uh, it, you guys talk about Metallica all the time, and I don't think I've ever heard it. Oh yeah, that's on Ride the Lightning, right? Yes. Yeah. You should well, listen. I'm aware. Listen to to Ride the Lightning, Master Master of Puppets is especially good. I got that on vinyl last week. Justice is good. Yeah, boy. The Black Ad- Black Album holds up, but I don't think yeah. you should start there. I I think you should probably start with Master of Puppets. Okay. Classic. Classic. I would concur with that, yeah. Yeah. I would start I would start you there. Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets are essentially the same album with different songs. Like they they both they start like they both have the same number of songs. The type of song is in the same place. Track four was always the nine-minute, like, starts soft, ends heavy song. They both start with classical guitars, and you're like, oh, this is, yeah, and, this and is nice. Oh, it's loud now. Ride to Ride the Lightning, it's Fade to Black, and Master, it's Sanitarium. Sanitarium. Mm-hmm. And they both have an instrumental at the end. Yeah. One of being Call of Cthulhu, and the other one being Orion. Yes. I think you'll like it. It's It's pretty good. And there's good Metallica stuff later. People shit on like load. Let's let's got some good stuff on it. It's not great, but yeah. it's fine. Okay. So it's so. like half pretty good and half of it just like <clears throat> an audio headache. Yeah. So well, having said all that, having talked about Star Trek and Metallica, we didn't talk about wrestling, but we'll get there next time. Uh Ken Shamrock. Oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. Side story for you. Yeah. I also watched The Goonies the other day. Ooh, okay. And after the film was over, it went to special features, and there was a Cindy Lauper Goonies video with Lou Albano, um, Iron Sheik, and Rowdy Roddy Piper in it, and some other guy who I didn't know who he was. What? And it was really weird. I didn't know what the fuck was going Lou on. Lou Albano was in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video. Yeah, he was they the expanded father, right? on that idea, and... Like all the Goonies kids were in it, and it was some kind of thing where mom and pop owned a gas station, and Cindy Lauper was there, and wrestlers came to buy it. I really long for the <laughs> days of like '80s wrestling. Yeah, I, I really do. It was strange, nonetheless. It was. It was always strange, but yeah. it was definitely the real, not uh, not Jabroni. Yeah, exactly. Well, 
now that we've covered wrestling, want to remind you that uh, <laughs> if you have any suggestions for us, you know how to get a hold of us, an hour of our time podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can message us there. Um, and uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Yeah. Please, please rate deal. us on iTunes. There have been some ratings lately. That's fantastic. If you haven't done that and you're a regular listener, please remember to do so. Leave a uh, review if you so choose. Uh, but rating is definitely important or on whatever platform you listen if there's a rating scale and follow other podcasts that you like Um, following other people helps them helps us links us up with good other other good podcasts helps people find us helps people find them if they like us it's it's uh, it's a nice it's a nice network of things absolutely yeah all right everybody all right well we'll see you all soon very good bottoms up see you next time with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.